welcome to the new New Queer Order podcast. Um, today we have Patrick Murano, which was interviewed on The Screw not too long ago. And Patrick is a porn star, YouTuber, and Canadian. And I say the last affectionately. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to New Queer Order. How are you? Aaron, thank you so much for having me. My goodness. I, you know what? When you do a podcast, you never know if they're going to want to have you back. But not only am I back, but I'm on the new queer order. So like, yeah. not only the screw. It's like I'm diversifying. You are. Great. We're gonna we're gonna absorb you into the into the little community <laughs> before you know it. You won't know what happened Uh-oh. to you. Because <laughs> you're gonna drink the Kool Aid. You did mention something about a podcast at some point that you 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 had and then stopped, right? That's right. Yeah, I was doing a, a true crime podcast which is very popular genre, obviously. Oh, yeah. But my slant on it was a gay true crime. So everybody involved, usually it was about the, the perpetrators were queer oh, my in some God. facet. Because the other way around, if the victims are just queer, then it's just gay bashing. Right, then it's just it's, a hate crime. <laughs> it's a hate, it, it's it's a a hate, hate crime, crime and it's just, it's a lot more depressing. <laughs> and that's you know, but when the killer point. is gay and he's killing gay people, then it's a right. little even it's, playing it, It's queer on queer <laughs> crime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which right. makes it that's a little right. bit closer to true crime, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, we don't often like talking about queer people being the perpetrators, but, you know, sometimes they are. And, and sometimes they are. <laughs> and actually, this is a great segue. Because <laughs> this okay. is something we often like talk about that feel like, there is a lot of perpetration within the community, either based on like how people think queer people should behave or what things, you know, we're, we're close in age. And I remember a, a pivotal point at some point being, you're the type of queer that gives us queers a bad name. And really having mm. to un- like, unpack what that meant. And I know what they meant on some like level was that you're a fucking slut and we're doing the whole like marriage adoption like agenda right now. And you don't fit into our our nice little picture of what like the new queer should look like. Hence why we're like totally hijacking new queer order and making it ours because it ain't yours anymore, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I say this because one of the ways we came upon you was through your YouTuber. I actually, I'll be perfectly full disclosure. I, I didn't know that you did the porn stuff until I actually don't remember what the, the, the switch was, but at some point, like I, I looked and I was like, holy shit, this, this, this motherfucker does some OnlyFans stuff. <laughs> this would fit in so great for like this conversation we were having on the screw. But more importantly, your conversations on your YouTube channel is what really caught, you know, my husband and I's eye when we were like, you know, kind of, cause we, we, we kind of, you know, like bathhouse culture and you have like really interesting Con, you know, content. I'm a little more old school experience with it, whereas my partner not so much. So, like, it was kind of like, what are people saying about bathhouses these days? And, um, you know, uh, back in that day, even if you went, you wouldn't admit that you went to a bathhouse, right? It was like your secret sure. slutty side thing that you did and you don't talk about. <laughs> yeah. So, I think yeah. I'll kind of like start there in terms of like, you seem to be like very pro sex positive person. Yes. And like what made you compelled you to start like talking about these actual things on video? Well, okay, I want to backtrack because you said about 
you give queers a bad name. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get that comment so often on my channel because it and it and I know and it's coming from these people that just want to present a heteronormative life. Like they want to make they want to make the experience for the heteronormative people like as comfortable as possible. I'm not here to make your life comfortable. Hell no. I'm not here. I'm here to please myself and have a good time. And I'm not here to make your life better or comfortable or smooth sailing and not rock the boat. Fuck that. So these people that are saying, you know, you're giving us a bad name. Well, they're just worried about what, you know, other people think about them. And I'm, I'm past that now. I mean, like, like you said, we're a similar age. Yeah. You know, I've grown out of that. I don't have that anymore. So you know, on, on my channel, it's all about just expressing myself sexually and not having any shame mm. or, or or guilt around it. Like, there's nothing to be ashamed about if you're a sexual person. Fuck yeah. Sex, I, I can't think of a more natural thing <laughs> to do, but have sex. I mean, it's it's the thing that binds us all together. It's the thing that keeps our race going. It's, Hell yeah. It's everything. Well, you know? and I mean, there's a hypocrisy in it, right? Like, cause even the ones, you know, I used to make this horrible joke, like, Oh, okay. So w- the uniform we're supposed to be wearing now is that we, we go get gay married and adopt an Asian baby and call it, yeah. call it a day. And like, I remember living in a, a different neighborhood in New York city and like going to the gym with a lot of these like young professional queer male couples who literally did have like some sort of Asian baby in stroller that was neither mm-hmm. of their babies. And then, you know, th- like would run into them on like grinder or weird places and like they would be all judgy about like my sluttiness. And yet like I saw them jerking off somebody in the steam room at the local gym. Right. So it's like, yeah. I'm not really sure how you can put out this like public persona when we all know what you're kind of doing behind closed doors it's like massive well absolutely and and in my experience it's the people that are speaking most loudly against it that are really doing it the most (laughs) in the shadow right Right. i mean like Like the floor tapper whoever that representative was like right yeah yeah that was whoever the senator or whatever that old white dude was yeah Yeah. (laughs) all all of those people right like all of those people that judge everyone else so harshly for what they're the worst ones so i mean absolutely you know i just i just want to make i just want to present a channel and the way that i do it i mean if the thing is if you just see it on the outside and you judge what i do then you're missing the whole point and some people they just read the thumbnail or the title and then they just write a comment sure they didn't even watch the video like if you watch the video, the way that I present things is so not, it's not offensive. It's not, you know, I, there's humor in there. There's fun. Like, it's just, there's, it's not this weird CD, you know, ah, thing that people might think it is. Well, I mean, and that, that was like, you know, and, and I don't remember what made us like watch through a whole video, but like, there was something about the way you like started presenting the information and it seemed, you know, cause you hear all sorts of things and like things that I'm looking for is not being told this is the way it's done. And this is what you should put up with at a bathhouse. You were actually mm-hmm. offering, you know, cause like I've tried to explain, you know, to, you know, boys and that I've taken to the bathhouse with me over the years, like, you know, this is kind of how it works, but you don't have to put up with that. Like, you know, yeah. the word no still works. 
Like it's, you know, and if they don't listen to you, you do have the right to be an asshole. But I like the yeah. way you approach it because you're trying to kind of honor that bathhouse cruising culture while also saying you can like talk about consent and you can, you know, I like one of your things about like, you know, a, like a firm hand squeeze when they're going to touch without, <laughs> without like asking permission. Right. Like yeah. these are yeah. like really like non-confrontational, but practical workable tips. Right. Yeah. And, like yeah. we all fucking cruise for the most part. Well, and <laughs> you totally, you, you totally hit on it. Cause like, for me, you can be both things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? You can cruise and be in the bathhouse and be sexual, but you can have a corporate job right. and be married and have a child. Like, you can have both. You can be like, a they, human. And, and they like, go together. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? These things go together. They're not mutually exclusive. You're not some troll because you, you like to go to the bathhouse. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't... I, I, I'm trying to present a full picture of a rounded person that's like exactly. all of this exists, and, you know? And I, because of like, you know, the way kind of like we've tried to like talk about queer health and, and things without it being a pleasureless experience, right? We mm -hmm. definitely recognize that a, a true tenant of like health is to be able to experience and, and you know, I won't even use the word indulge, like have the right to pleasure. Right. And and there's a lot of like kind of tropes and like rules and stuff as you're growing up in queer culture, you know, at least in the U.S. And I think, you know, I've done a lot of cruising in Canada, very similar in Canada, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and there are some universals with some of this like queer sexuality, which I also think is interesting that like kind of transcends borders and like, you know, cultural boundary lines. We've, we've all created kind of as a species, if you will, this way of mm -hmm. interacting and cruising. I can't believe you can cruise the same way in New Delhi, India that you can in like Puerto Vallarta, Mexico that you can in Cali, Colombia. I mean, like yeah. there's this universal of that like crotch squeeze that like you ever yeah. so subtly make yeah. it look like I could just say I was readjusting. I don't have to commit. Yeah. Nobody else would know. Exactly. But the gay is going to know. They're going to be paying attention. Right. So they know. We have this kind of unspoken and I don't remember being explicitly trained on this. Like yeah. in my, my queer upbringing and remember it being kind of being like, well, if we understand what nonverbal cues are, that's a pretty interesting <clears throat> nonverbal cue that, you know, you could like play on. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes my balls get caught in my underwear, but sometimes I'm trying to attract prey. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I, I mean, I say this because, like, you know, there are pe there are young queers going out there, and they're they're going into these bathhouses, and and I always say, you know, this is my you know my thing about the survival of our species, if you will. If we're if we're still noticing young people coming to these spaces, you know, cruising is, you know, even despite Grinder, despite all of our like shared spaces that we've created, cruising is mm -hmm. still a fucking thing that people like to do, yeah. even though they might not necessarily have to do it, you know, and we could debate yeah. forever why, but the point is, is how do we make this experience that we know exists a healthier experience for people so they can actually derive pleasure out of it instead of trauma and i do think totally. you do that really well in the way you talk about sex and talk about you know your own queerness and your own like place in some of these situations you know and i, I applaud you for that because it's a hard thing to see so i guess you know one of the questions i have and not to like just dig into it but i think 
you know, yeah. we would be being dishonest if we didn't talk about the amount of substance use that is involved in some of these settings, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Absolutely. I remember going to a bathhouse maybe 20 years ago at, you know, 24, 25. I mean, I, I was late because I lived in the boondocks. We didn't have fucking bathhouses. I had to wait for my first, mm-hmm. you know, trip to the big city. And, and yeah. you know, they're a dying breed to begin with. But, like, going and, like, not really having anybody offer me crystal meth or cocaine or even fucking poppers, even though they were probably pretty fucking popular still back then. But they, oh, seem, oh yeah. they seem to have had a resurgence in the last 10 years because like... Seems to be, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of people having them or hearing about them. Like the occasional person would have like 20 years ago, but everybody seems to be asking about them or equipped with them. <laughs> so Yeah, it's true. But like, you know, you're very honest in one of your videos about, I believe you were talking about Crystal Matthews. And like, mm, yeah. you know, this is something, you know, I, I will say whether it be the bathhouses or grinder that, I mean, it's been around for a while. We know it. And at some point, I think a lot of people would have just labeled it like a young, white, professional, queer, like substance use problem. But now we know that it's pervaded all parts of the community. And like, you know, I, I, I'm almost in disbelief most of the time, but like, you know, it's also why like hearing your story, like, you know, how does, you know, how did, did you ever navigate these scenes, like these cruising scenes on Crystal? And if so, have you navigated these scenes since post-Crystal? Yes and yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so first of all, I, I there's a lot of preconceived notions I find around drug use. Mm-hmm. People just assume that if you're, if you're dabbling in drugs or you're using drugs, or even if you're addicted to drugs, that you're, you come from a broken home. You were abused. Uh-huh. There's something wrong with you. Sure. Um, Rather than just I, doing them for fun. Like, it feels good. Right. Right? <laughs> so I, I, well said. I'm not saying let's all do drugs. That, no, I'm not sure. Because I, I, I got to a, an extremely dark place. And sure. I, it was the, the, the darkest part of my life, for sure. Mm-hmm. After a certain time, because I lost control of it, which is what happens, right? Sure. But... It didn't start from a dark place. It started from a, hey, I'm going out with my friends. I'm partying. It's the weekends. Then it started to bleed into your weekday. And then, and then it's Monday. And then it's uh-huh. Tuesday. And then it's now I'm smoking meth every day. Sure. So I was like that for like two and a half years. But during that, t- well, before that time, I was already visiting the bathhouses and, and cruising. And I was already who I am. Sure. I was already who I am. Good point. So, yeah. So it, the drugs didn't change that. The drugs may have amplified it in the sense that you know it makes you horny and, and everything and yeah. during that during that time i was living in la and i was i was filming porn um so i had free time i had lots of money mm-hmm. and so i had I, you know lots of time to get into trouble sure so i was going to the bathhouse and stuff so yeah the the drugs were at that snippet of time was a part of the whole experience for sure sure and then and then you see how much it exists in these spaces. Now that I'm sober and I've been sober for like, I mean, sober, not on, on drugs for like 15 years, okay. I guess. Um, I just stopped meth. I was like, okay, it's, I'm going to end up dead or in jail. So Fair. <laughs> I, I don't like those options. No, not good. So, options. <laughs> <laughs> those aren't fun options. So I was like, okay, I need to stop. But I've been going to the bathhouses ever since. Like this is, I'm still the same person, mm-hmm. and and I do run into those those space. Now I don't recommend if you've done drugs in the past 
to hang around people that do do it because obviously there's that temptation sure. to do it. I know myself and I, I've, I've like dared myself to be in those spaces with those people. And I've sat beside people that are doing them mm -hmm. and just not mm -hmm. done it. And for me, there's so much power in my ability to, to be in that space doing that. It's, it's almost like proving to myself, yeah, you kicked it. Like, yes, you have a handle on it. So that brings up an interesting question for me because like, you okay. know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, once a puta, always a puta. And like, yes. you know, in, in, in some cases, like, you know, what I've noticed in my conversations with people who do math regularly is this conversation about like inhibition and like yeah. feeling more comfortable in their own skin and able to express them sexually and self sexually in a way that they weren't necessarily able to, you know, off of it. Right. Mm, and, you know, yeah. obviously that builds like its own synapse problem. Right. You start associating pleasure with, with yes. a substance, then, you know, it's really the substance that's bringing you pleasure, not so much the activity. Right. Yeah. You know, so, you know, but like I, I do wonder for some if if, you know, if the underlying motivation isn't this kind of like you know, you don't sound like you were uptight about sex beforehand. It sounds right. like it was something that just kind of came into your, your, your situation for a while and you, you tried it, yeah. but you didn't have all these like attachments to it. Right. It kind of just, yeah, maybe the substance got out of, you know, got, got out of control for you, but like mm -hmm. your motivation and correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't sound like it was like solely centered around needing to like, be able to feel comfortable in your own skin and pleasure or to escape pain or trauma, you know, you, not that you yeah. didn't share that, but like, I, I, those are the two scenarios I see a lot with drug use in our community is like, yeah. I, I have a great pain that I need to like chill or mm -hmm. there's something I want to do and explore, but like, I'm not finding myself without shame or comfortability to do that. You know, and yeah. and some of these substances, yeah, you know, they make you feel like you're on top of the world and can do anything, right? For sure. For sure. Um, so, you know, I guess, you know, and, and and I really appreciate your perspective because, you know, we this is a conversation, you know, I, I talk to friends and stuff and, you know, I don't want to sit here being the the person ringing the bell, but like our community has always had a heavy relationship with some substance use or, or another. And I do think, you know, I would tie it politically or at least socially to the idea that we've mostly been able to meet in places where like alcohol and substances are like part of the social scene of it, right? Whether it's yeah. bars or or parties or whatever, like there is a certain level of that 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 kind of relationship. And then of course, you know, you have the alcohol advertisers and pride parades that became like super prevalent, like some point in the yeah. 90s. And like, you know, now it's like queerness is brought to you by substances. <laughs> you know, yes, totally. On some yep. level. And like, you know, and, yep. and this isn't like a judgment on anybody, you know, partaking. Like I'm totally down with the Bacchus lifestyle. But like, you yep. know, I do always say a, a very simple lesson my, my therapist told me many years ago was, it's okay to do things, but like ask what relationship is that playing in your life? Is this, mm -hmm. is this like something that is really enhancing your life or is this something that's taking away from who you want to be and how you want to explore yourself, right? And, yeah, and I think yeah. if you're able to do that little like self-check every once in a while, 
you're probably good to go. But like yeah. sometimes we do do that self check and are like, oh fuck, it's Tuesday, and yeah, I forgot to send that message to my job saying um, I won't be in today. <laughs> yeah. I meant to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and kind of like you know talking about this, like I don't know, you know, there's a lot of talk about like how culture influences some of these behaviors, like, and I think. You know, it's not just like drug culture itself, but like upbringings and environments like, you know, is was is there a big culture of of methamphetamines in in Canada that you've noticed? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's rampant. It's rampant. It's everywhere. And, you know, I I feel like I mean, drugs are big. They're a problem anyway. I mean, we have an epidemic. I know in Vancouver, especially there. There's a huge epidemic right now with fentanyl and all of these right, things right. and on the street is street drugs and on the streets and there's so many homeless and Vancouver is really bad right now. But, um, you know, yeah, every big city has it. And, and it's just it, unfortunately, it's going to be like the minorities and the people that sure. come from home. I mean, you. You know, we kind of live in bubbles. I mean, you're in New York and, and, and I'm in Toronto. Right. We live in these gay bubbles. These are gay bubbles. I mean, well this said. is really like well said. this is. These are not, this is not the norm. I mean, in the rest of the country, in the smaller towns and everything, I mean, it's hard for gay kids and sure. drugs are the, drugs are the escape, you know? And yeah. it, it, so it's, it's pushing them to do that. And that, that's, that's what's really hard. That's a really good point because we often, you know, we do look at substance use often through this like lens of, <laughs> of like, you know, urban versus whatever places, right? We do live in these queer yeah. bubbles, but there is that other kind of aspect of it because i remember you know smoking from my friend's bong before high school classes just because Mm -hmm. it like it definitely eased the harsh of the day i was like 14 years old and out of the closet in 1990 early something and like you know (laughs) and there was definitely that everyday like wouldn't it be great if I could just find something to take this shit down a notch where like, you're, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're not constantly looking over your shoulder or thinking about looking over your shoulder or indulging in shame or any of the number of things that like may bring somebody to substances, you know? And I, I do think that's important because, you know, again, bringing it back to like the whole queer health thing, like, you know, we, we need to be able to experience pleasure and we do need to be able to recreate in ways that are healthy and free and positive, right? Whether it's a glass of wine or, you know, a a hit from the bong, you know, Mm -hmm. we need to be able to like say that we're actually celebrating, right? That we're not just indulging and counteracting the pains of society, (laughs) you know? Yeah, right. Uh, So one of the things I really do like about your YouTube videos, especially around the bathhouses, is like you talk about these things in a way that is like, you know, very much like it still keeps it within the community. So like recently Mm -hmm. I came across these things of this like San Diego couple who is like trying to do all these like gay cruising videos, right? But they're like naming spots, they're naming like behaviors, they're basically like outing what I would call the like sacred queer sisterhood of like cruising <laughs> things for like the right. whole internet, right? Like bathhouses are one thing. Anybody can search gay bathhouse and find a public listing for any of these bathhouses. But like cruising spots is like 
these are kind of like our sanctums where we don't get like fucked over by the police or like Karen's with baby strollers. Like, right, what the for hell? Sure. You know, so I, I, I'm not trying to put you on a spot, but like what, what I'm kind of thinking is like, what do you think in terms of like, when you think about some of these things of safety from like heteronormative or like heterosexual homophobic kind of fucking peeps in terms of like talking about your videos and being so open on them. They, so I get a lot of feedback, not feedback. What is it when it's bad? Like hate mail. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically I, I get, a, I get, I do get a lot of that, especially the bathhouse ones get a lot of, if the people don't agree with, the, the behaviors in the bathhouses, I get a lot of, ew, that's disgusting. I would never go there. I don't want to get AIDS. Sure. That's what, that's what that commented. For the cruising ones, it's more like, how can you perpetuate this illegal, dangerous behavior that's going to move, et cetera, et cetera. So right, right, that's – the cruising videos are – I get a lot more hate for them. There's the, – the way that I present – listen, I'm not saying anything that doesn't already exist. Sure. And I'm not – presenting anything that hasn't already existed forever and and the, what i'm doing is i'm i'm presenting it to the world so that it's it's shown in a light of hey look it's not this scary thing that you think it is this is what it is let's have fun with it it exists and i'm not naming spots like those sure, guys sure, 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 sure. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. mine is more like a how-to like you know yes. hey when you're here this is how you do this this is how you can do that if you see somebody approach them with it, make sure to wear bug spray. You're in the woods. Like, whatever. Oh, my you know, God. Like, that is the best advice for the meatpacking district uh, over <laughs> in, where is that, Fire Island? Or Fire Island, The meatpacking, yeah. whatever zone they call it, because that shit yeah. has mad mosquitoes. You may get yeah. fucked good, but, like, those mosquitoes are going to gangbang you while you're fucking out You're there. going to be, like, covered in wealth. Oh, my God. Um, good point. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have I – have, this one video and it's actually my most viewed video it's on bathroom cruising uh, and so the the most the comments that are the most uh, energized with kind of hate and and venom are the ones that are saying how could you do this it's against the law you're giving gays a bad name what about the children um you know what i like, I, like suddenly I, I i'm suddenly they think like i'm a, a pedophile wait so are the, these are these predominantly queer people or or like like hetero 50 50 yeah no no i'm not surprised i'm just I'm yeah curious yeah. it's 50-50, definitely and there's, mm. there's a lot of queer people that stand on a soapbox and are just like sure. you're giving us a bad name how can you do this you know why don't you t teach people how to love themselves instead of how to cruise and i'm like why are those separate from each other right exactly <laughs> you know meanwhile the fresh their son's a freshman in college tapping their foot in the fucking lunchroom you know exactly like so <laughs> yeah it's it's they i mean they miss the whole intention they sure. miss the whole point of the video so you know what usually i'll respond to something like listen this video is obviously not meant for you or you missed the point, point of the video. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, it's not a channel for you. It's okay. Right. Change the channel. It's all right. If you don't get it, it's not for you or you're not there yet. And yeah, so take don't it worry for whatever it. You, you want. So that, yeah. that's an important thing. And it is, again, why like I was drawn to the content that you create. Because one of the conversations we definitely have all the time is like in absence of schools and any of the major queer organizations really kind of like, you know, I know everybody has shit on their website, but like you don't have targeted information going out to the community that says this is what this is about. 
right? And even if you had comprehensive queer sex education, they're probably not going to tell you the trials and tribulations of cruising in bathhouse <laughs> culture, right? Yeah. But right. like, no. it calls into mind is like, this is important what you're doing because if I found you trying to look for what kind of material is there on, you know, and I'll be honest, my husband found you, but like, it was about a conversation of like, how, how do young folks learn how to do these things? Right. They're usually drawn to them anyway, where they fall into them by accident. So how do we create an education around this that protects them that like helps them have a more pleasurable experience with it because it's not all just about like the consent and stis like you know this is something that appealed to you in your mind what appealed to you about it and how can you get to that objective and your videos are very good at that (laughs) i will say (laughs) because i found myself well thank you I'm going to use that the next time that motherfucker comes up to me in the bathhouse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I've had like young queer people that they said, Hey, I just went to the bathhouse for the first time after watching your video and I implemented what you said. Thank you so much. It really helped my experience. Or I've got these old, like 80 year old, 90 year old guys. And they're like, God, I wish you were around back in the day. <laughs> so I didn't ha- I didn't have to figure it out for myself. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean that's I mean it's actually interesting yeah. that you say that because this is this is a conversation. So and this is again why I think it's so important what you do, because you know, one of the kind of origin stories of New Queer Order was like playing off this idea of this old guard mentality in queer culture. And like some mm-hmm. of our age group is responsible for continuing to foster it. But like, I do mm-hmm. think it was kind of handed down to us even as well in terms of like mm-hmm. many times being told a certain, like not so consensual feeling experience was a rite of passage, you know? Right. And like, to me, yeah. that's some old guard shit. Like nobody enjoys it. Everybody complains about it. And it's an everybody's queer story portfolio. What the fuck yeah. are we going to do about that? We're just going to settle for trauma. Like, I don't want to settle for trauma. (laughs) It seems like the sure way to demise, like, your queer existence. Because, yeah, there's a lot of toxic behaviors that we do with each other. Like, I feel like there's a lot of we give each other a pass a lot of times because, oh, you're gay. I'm gay. And with things that shouldn't be like I had a a job at a hotel and I was working with this guy that was gay and he was extremely inappropriate with me. And Mm. he would like touch me inappropriately Mm. even and stuff. And I was like, like, I I like you as a person, but like you're way crossing the line. But like if I was if it was a man and a woman, like she would be in HR in a second. She'd be like, this guy's touching me and like whatever. But like as gay people, we just we tend to sort of let things like that go. And it's just like part of our culture. Like you're gay, I'm gay. And, yeah. The, uh, the, the like forgivables that like, you know, and, and, and you know what, what like exacerbates it is like when you see such rigid social value constructs, they put into yeah. the community, when you push against them, you, yeah. you get kind of gaslit for it. Like, don't you know yeah. you're, don't you know you're at a bathhouse or this is grinder? What do you expect? Like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing to each other? That is not, <laughs> yeah. that is not the response to me telling you what you're doing is making me uncomfortable. Like, it's yeah. like, bitch, like, how do you expect new blood to like show up at these places if it feels so rapey? like yeah. that's not fun for yeah. anybody and even if it doesn't feel yeah. rapey it's awkward like to 
you know, have to say no multiple times. And like, you know, yeah. I don't know, but like we did like a little like bathhouse tour across America and like <laughs> it was kind of fun just like challenging ourselves. Like we should, you know, sleep or sort of sleep like the night at a bathhouse as we're like traveling cross country. You know, see yeah. where we can like plan our destinations based on that. And, you know, noticing the variance in language at the bathhouses around the idea of consent culture, right? Mm-hmm. I think Pits- yeah. Pittsburgh fared pretty well. I think Columbus did pretty well as well. But like most of them were really devoid of any language that felt empowering to the like people there to be able to say no or knock it yeah. off or don't do this. Don't be a problem bathhouse attendee. You know? Yeah. And I think we forget really quick, like fast, that Jeffrey Dahmer was drugging boys at bathhouses for a long fucking time before like this shit happened. So like you know, yeah. don't put people in these uncomfortable situations in these settings because it does make them less fun. Yeah. You make bathhouses fun again, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's the nicest thing you could say. Thank you so much. You know, so in in Europe, we went to a bunch, we went to a bunch, nice. we went to one in London and Paris and Amsterdam, and I'm coming out with little reviews from, oh, from, yeah. from each of them. Yeah. And they're, they were, they're very different than the North American ones that, uh, so there, there's, there's pros and cons to both, but, uh-huh. but the behaviors are pretty similar. So sure. yeah, the information that I present is still, you know, goes across borders <laughs> no that that's i mean and that is a fascinating thing it's it's something that like you know i always found myself interested in because you know even like let's be real like montreal compared to any of the bathhouses in the u.s is just like scores better yeah. it's cleaner yeah it's nicer the amenities are nicer people are a little bit more respected even though it is very tourist heavy and maybe like part yeah. of that tourist heaviness is people aren't actually sure what the if the cultural norms of wherever they hail from are the same here you know mm-hmm. and i think yeah. that like works to its advantage a little bit because i definitely find them less aggressive than the bathhouses in the u.s yeah. yeah, I don't know how Toronto is. Toronto has bathhouses, right? Yeah, we have two. We used to have a whole bunch, but then COVID. And right. We've got like two and a half. I mean, two like legit ones and then one that's kind of like, eh. <laughs> like Like yeah. a sauna kind of thing that happens to like everybody happens to get off at. Yeah, it's kind of like on the periphery of, of the other side of town and it's... Uh, in a certain neighborhood and it's just i think it's a certain type of person that goes there and you know but most of the queer people that are in the central part they go to one of the two they go to steamworks or spots steamworks of course yeah yeah and those are those are two great ones i yeah. mean they're two really two great options but but two is a little limiting i would love personally to open maybe not a bathhouse but some kind of sex club or something Fuck or, yeah i mean we, we just uh, talk about that shit all the time because it's like yeah what what a dream it would be i mean yeah fuck yeah because right? we have all yeah. these spaces honestly at least yeah. for queer men that dance around and talk around the eventual inevitability yeah. of why we're all there which seems yeah. fucking ridiculous to me and like yeah. a waste of all sorts of time and energy. But like, um, so, yeah. so actually what is your favorite thing about cruising? Oh, um, I like the spontaneity. Nice. It's the spontaneity of it. It's the, it's the unplanned who knows what's going to happen. And you know what? I'm happy when nothing happens or it falls oh. apart and it's a, dis- it's a disaster. That's okay. That's part of the experience. Fuck yeah. You know? 
after you know after all these years do you still get like i always said that i got like this like you know adrenaline rush no matter how much yeah. of a i am there's still something yeah, about cruising that gives you like that like <sighs> your heart goes a little bit more yeah. you get that rush in your body and you just go for it and yeah, it's like a, it's like a little mini high, and I guess it's addictive, and you sure. know you like it. I mean, I always have these like pseudo straight friends that are always like, "Are you sure that's just not the anxiety that you're gonna get axe murdered?" I'm like, "Hell, <laughs> fuck you, no!" And this is why cruising is not for straight people. Get out of here. Well, <laughs> I, I've I've had straight people. I've got have um, women comment on my channel. They're straight women, and they're like, "Wow, I wish you know straight culture would had these options oh, yeah. as well." And I tell them about there's there are swingers clubs sure. and there are you know stuff like that. But yeah, there's a straight guy and he's like, oh my god, I love your content. This is so great. As a straight guy, it's so different. Blah blah blah. And I love that open mindedness that I mean, he's able to have those conversations with me. I mean, know? the like, really like woke like hetero leaning folks are like yeah, they're just suffering from the same social constructs that like yeah. we had to break out of completely to even be able to divine ourselves. However the fuck. Yeah, and we were so lucky because we were so outside of the thing, so we were able to make our own rules. But they're inside of that, so it's it's harder for them. Yeah, I think in some ways you're right. They have even more kind of social bound because it's like I always call it like my get out of jail free card. Like I don't have to wear the velour velour suit and take the minivan to work. And fuck you queers that are trying to make me feel that I need to. Like I will wear the velour suit, but as long as I get to hang it up on a hook at the bathhouse while I'm getting blown by three guys, (laughs) it's that simple. It's totally cool. Yeah, I make my own rules, right? (laughs) Right, I make my own rules. Um, So, do you think now has this always been the way, or did you grow up with like a very sex positive family? No, actually, my family was very. um, So in Canada, it's very. There's French and there's English. Sure. Those, the country's kind of divided that way. I mean, Quebec is the French part and then the rest is kind of like the English part. Yeah. But when I say English, I don't mean, I mean, it's American English, but it's American with British sure. in the sense that we have a lot of Britishness in us. <laughs> well said. And, and the British are very historically, or everybody knows the British are a little bit stuffy when it comes to like sex and talking about stuff like that. Sure. As a culture, I mean, right. British men. I, I went to the bathhouse there. They they were very. Oh, open they're they're, <laughs> they're filthy behind closed doors. <laughs> exactly. No, they they, they were fucked. Uh, well, that's it, right? But in public and within their families and everything, they're very sort of conservative. Sure. Very, so my grandmother was from that background, and so my family was very took its cues from from that. We didn't talk about things like that. We didn't. That wasn't discussed. Like if a sex scene came, if we were all watching TV and a sex scene came on TV. You could hear like, <clears throat> like people got uncomfortable <laughs> and it was like, you know what I mean? So it was absolutely um, not something that we discussed. Even affection. Like my mom was affectionate, but my dad, like nothing, nothing. No, no hugs, okay. no, no, I love yous. No, it was very like stiff upper lip, okay. you know, keep, keep calm, carry on. Kind of Did thing. he pat you on the head occasionally? Um, <laughs> maybe condescendingly. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't the favorite son for him in the sense that, like, I was a swimmer, and obviously, I was. I don't think he knew that I was gay, but I. He was. My younger brother was like a hockey player, and he was like so. He focused all of his attention on my brother. So I, in a sense, I got off, you know, with uh, not having to live under his 
yeah, expectations. Siblings, siblings can really help deflect some of like the queer, yeah. queer pain sometimes, I think. Like, well, that's it. Yeah. Because yeah. I was obviously different and I was into the arts mm. and stuff like that. So I was the artistic one and then my brother was playing the sports and stuff. So, um, but no, we never, there was no affection. We didn't talk about sex. Right? So I, I don't know where this comes from. This is not like, yeah. I did not grow up in like a nudist household. And, so yeah, know. like did you, were you very like, like, when did you become awakened in your head, like, with queerness and sexuality? I'm going to tell you something that's so... When I when I said out loud, it sounds so dark. <laughs> okay. But this was my this was my reality. This is who I was. I was 19, and I was... So I had moved to Montreal. My parents separated. I was living with my mom. And it was in my head. I was like, oh, you know what? I want to go to California, and I want to become a porn star. But I was, at the same time, I was still, I was scared of that idea. Sure. Right? So I was living my life, whatever. I had a, a couple like risky sex encounters. So I went to the clinic. Uh-huh. And do you know, I was waiting for the, my HIV results. And part of me was, <laughs> part of me was hoping that I was HIV positive. Uh-huh. And that would give me an excuse or a reason to say, you know what? Fuck everything. I'm going to California. I'm going to be a porn star. I have nothing to lose. Oh, I totally get it. I mean, like, isn't that, you know, it's interesting that you say that, Patrick, because like, I I do think like, you know, again, with the similar age thing, like we grew up with sex equals death, sex equals death on some kind of like comparative, right? And and part of that was kind of like, always anticipating the anxiety of what the sexual interaction could mean in terms of our mortality. What the Mm -hmm. fuck? Tell me that's not fucked up, right? And that's the worst the worst and so fucked up. like yeah. it's kind of makes perfect sense for me to like your young mind reconciling in that and saying well fuck it then at least like i could fucking finally enjoy myself if i've got this like box cropped off you know yeah and, i was negative but i went anyway <laughs> <laughs> now that's a true puta story i love it <laughs> um, you know i mean like because like that's the thing right you know you 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 see a lot of like the the kind of shame built up around like what what does this mean like you know we we've talked a couple of times i think on the idea of bug chaser like what mm-hmm. what, what that term means yeah. right and that's like yeah. something i would always say is born out of the trauma of like hiv sexuality in the sense that like sure. we grew up with it like the first thing my parents said to me when i came out was i just don't want you to die of aids and I say, yeah. you watch too much fucking TV, I would have to be getting laid to die of AIDS. Like, <laughs> it doesn't just happen as soon as you're queer. Like, you should have yeah, asked me, yeah. like, a follow-up question. Like, are you sexually active or whatever? Yeah. Just telling your parents you're queer should not equate to the thing, I am concerned about you getting HIV. Like, fuck you. Straight people do better. That is not the response to coming out. Do better. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, that that is interesting. Like, so, you know, so you you've been comfortable with yourself for a while. And like, you know, how much, you know, so outside of like your family, where would you say that like comfort and support and you know, cause sometimes, yeah, we're there's occasional badass that can do that all on their own, but like what, yeah. what kind of system did you rely on to really be comfortable, like, you know, getting out? I think I just, yeah, I just found my tribe really early nice. on. Like, nice. I, uh, so I was, actually, I was hanging out in a bathhouse here that's now closed. Oh. And I met a guy in the, 
in the jacuzzi and he said, oh, I'm a nude model. And I was like, a nude model? That sounds fantastic. What is that? So he explained to me what he did. And he worked for this company. It was a web company at the time called Video Secrets. And you go and you do cam shows. And it was like jerk off shows and whatever. So I was like, that's, I immediately got into those circles. And then you meet people. And I was like, okay, these are my people, you know? And then your your friends are there and you meet. And then I was in LA and I got into the industry. And those are the people that, so I just, I just, yeah, I had a big support system in the sense that I just found my tribe and I dove right in, I guess. Well, and and that's interesting. Like if you're able to like, like enter some of these things with like, you know, a low level of shame to begin with, like in theory, like, you know, the more you learn about sex and sexuality and people and like, you know, especially with other people that are comfortable around these things, you kind of do start deprogramming a lot of that like shame based stuff around sex and sexuality that get put in your head yeah. from, from like day one. And, you know, and it, <laughs> I will say your videos are very funny. And like, I, you know, like, I mean, for, they're serious, they're informative, they're like all sorts of things. It's one of the things that I think really makes you shine in, in, in the interwebs sphere. Like, you know, you're, you're, you have a very casual, like way of talking about some of these things. And I think that is something we don't get too much. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you get when people go to talk about something you know, serious or explicit, these kind of like hushed tones and like, you yeah. know, like we want to create a cool environment around this. But like the fact that you even have to like set the tone means like yeah. we're already not being nonchalant about what we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. And that's absolutely what I try to do is just to try to make it more conversational and just like, like it's a normal thing for us to be talking about. Absolutely. You know? And I think you yeah. hit the nail on the head. So like what what where do you see your trajectory with like some of this stuff like do you have like an an end goal like or do you have a next level goal with like some of your 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 things i yeah i mean i i do have goals i've got my vision board set up <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I just, I, I deserve you know, that. <laughs> I, I, I need to like, yeah, because otherwise I'm just kind of like, where is this going? But do you know what? As, as I'm also an artist for first and foremost, and and a creative person. Fuck so, yeah. I, you know, I, I I get involved in projects and I do them, and then my my focus does shift somewhere else into some other project, and then I get involved in that, and yeah, so. You know, with YouTube, I I did find some success, and I'm making money, which is great. And OnlyFans took off, which is great, and I'm making money there. So okay. I'll continue doing those. But um, I do want to develop, and I have some friends here that are into in theater and they're actors and stuff. And I, I'm trying to develop a a show, nice, uh, maybe like a web series or something. I would love to because I have a background in theater and acting as well. Oh, but, beautiful. Um, yeah, something, but but around the same topics, where it's just talking about these things in the way that I do on my channel, but in a sort of web series format, I think would be would be fun. That's something that I'm working Beautiful. on. Beautiful. So you know, yeah. New Queer Order is going to be moving to audiovisual stuff very soon. So oh yeah. Just, you know, I'm saying oh. I, I will shamelessly self promote you into our entrapment of like the oh, New Queer amazing. Order family. But you know, think about it. Think about it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so uh, Patrick, I'll give you a chance to pimp yourself out. Where can people find you? Yeah. Um. So my YouTube channel. 
Actually, they just started a thing on YouTube where we have handles now. So it's at Patrick Morano. Okay. So you can do youtube.com forward slash at Patrick Morano. Anyway, if you, if you search my name on YouTube, that's the best way because then from YouTube, you have my Instagram, which is Patrick.Morano. Um, I don't use Facebook that much anymore. So really, I guess Instagram or I would say my OnlyFans is Eddie Stone. So oh, yeah. We, didn't, we check, didn't use those. Check that shit out. There's some great shit in the woods. Did you see it? Uh, I I, yeah, I mean, I saw some shit by, like, <laughs> there's a tree. Yeah, no, so I was really good. There's a tree. Before we interviewed you on the screw, I didn't, like, I didn't, like, look at any of the content. I waited to do yeah. that after I met you, because I'm like, if this dude has a shitty personality, I'm totally not going to watch him get railed. Oh, but, okay. like, you know, you were awesome, so that made it even oh. more a curious exploration. So, yeah, like, check, check. Check out his OnlyFans. It's fucking hot. Yeah, Eddie Stone Triple X. Yeah, that's right. It's hot. Uh, there's a lot of there's collabs in there. I'm playing with toys all the time. Yeah. Being a creative person, I'm always thinking of like, you know, I'm I'm jerking off in the shower at the gym. I'm using a dildo in the shower at the gym. Oh, at the gym. <laughs> I didn't know. At the gym. Okay. Open showers. Uh, there's no curtains. Open showers. Oh, uh, you're a like, brave fucking soul. I like this. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. Hey, listen. Okay. I'm alive. Hell Let's yeah. Do it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So check that shit out. Yeah. Brother it's fun out. times. Spread the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can actually my Twitter, uh, Eddie Stone Triple X. You can see little preview clips. Yeah. And stuff, so to whet your appetite for good, the the main event. The full on. Yeah. That, yeah, it's, it's some good stuff there. Well, thank you for thank you for joining us on New Pro Order. Aaron, podcast. thank you so much for having me on. on. I really appreciate it. I'm really honored. We're gonna talk to to have these discussions, and it's so beautiful to meet somebody that's like minded and have these conversations. So I agree. I appreciate it. I agree. Yeah, keep in touch, and you know we'll be fucking hitting you up for shit. So you know we like. <laughs> I'm you. around. All right. I'm around. Peace out. Thank you very much, brother. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah.